Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Good to see this good number out today. Appreciate the privilege God's given us. Turn with us this morning to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings, we'll find our text beginning in chapter 2, verse number 1. 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse number 1. It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Pray with us. Father, we thank you for your word. We've opened our heart to the book. We pray you'd open the book to our heart. May it change us today as we recognize the challenge in this message. May we recognize, God, there's an importance, there's an urgency to this. An importance, God, of seeking something that is greater, better, more. Help us not to be satisfied as we're so often done. Hearts, God settling for second best, settling for less than great. Challenge the mediocrity of our heart, the unwillingness to push for the best. We're out of time and we know it. Hear us, we pray. Change us, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I, I think everybody admires people that strive for the best. Maybe you're out there today and you don't. Maybe you're so envious of those that want better, want more. I'm not talking about of the world. I'm talking about a God. That your heart's grown indifferent and you've quit trying yourself. If you're not careful, you'll sit down. You'll just give up. What's the point? What's the use? Um, see, where are you going with that? Well, we're living in a time that we need to be the best we can be for God. If the world's going to see him, they have got to see him through you. And I'm afraid today that too many of us have taken a back seat. You know what that means? It means you ain't driving. You're not involved in the journey. You're just sitting back letting somebody else do the work. It's not new, but I've heard it many times, and I think it's still applicable, that though the percentage may vary some, church to church, it's likely that about 20% of the people do most of the stuff. And hear no amens. That's all right. It's true. That may be different here. Maybe there's 30% here. I'd be far stretched to say 40%. Now, I'm just talking about the people that come. Not even the people that don't come. And it makes you wonder. I want to challenge us today to to ask for the best. We find that Elisha was set up as the prophet. God had done this specifically for Elijah. And uh, what a gift. When Elijah came off the mountain of his own mourning and self-pity, and had got straightened out by God and had given, been given of God the commission to go back and to continue in his work. He told Elijah, he said, I've, I've got a man I'm going to appoint to take your place. He, he shared with Elijah that the end was coming. He said, for I've got a man, don't worry. You think you're the only one, you're not. I've got a man. And when you come off this mountain, he said, you're to anoint him and he's going to serve and to follow you. And his name was Elisha. I believe Elisha had a heart for God. I believe he had a heart for God. Elijah was a man that had seen great things. He was a man that had power. God had anointed this prophet, this man of God with miracle power. He could do things. There was just extraordinary gifts that were given to him to prove to the people of God that God was still real. And this man, Elisha, had seen it. He had recognized it, the power that was in the man of God. And uh, he desired that power. We find here that when it came time for Elijah to leave, Elijah knew it. Elisha knew it. Apparently, all the sons of the prophets knew it. Everybody knew that Elijah's day was, was ending. 
that it was up and that he was going to be taken home. So they all began to follow him around, at least some. But Elisha was ever more the close. Each time that Elijah told him, he said, I want you to just stay here. I've got to go somewhere. Elisha said, nope, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. The Lord liveth, I will not leave you. And he pressed into it. Every time that Elijah said, just wait here. Every time that there is a temptation by somebody among us to say, just have a seat. Why don't you take it easy for a while? We need to be careful that we don't acquiesce and simply slide into the slumber of those who have grown indifferent toward God altogether. We've got to be willing of heart to say, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I'll not let down. I'll not stop. We've seen them. Each one of us have seen them. They've been ever like giants in my mind. Men and women of faith and character and spiritual power. And I've watched them. And I've buried them. And I've had the privilege to stand in the place as their pastor and say it was a life well lived, well lived. You say, why, preacher, can you say? Because they never, never gave up. They pressed to the end for Christ. Where are we at today? Where are you at today? Where are you spiritually today? I want to say this morning as a message, as a title maybe to the message that we need a double portion from God. We need a double portion from God. It's what Elisha ultimately would ask for. He'd waited all that time. to express his heart's desire. (laughs) He wanted whatever made that man so great for God. He wanted double. (laughs) That's, That's reaching for the prize. Striving for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. That's what the Apostle Paul was doing. He was going for the extra, the double portion. Hey, good people sitting here this morning, most of you saved. Most of you are certain of your salvation. Most of you are going to get to heaven. But most of you are going to be sadly mistaken when you think the first thing you'll enjoy is the glory of it when you find that there's a judgment to be had. And when the king of glory, the lamb of God, gave his life, bled and died, suffered for you, he's going to look you in the eye and he's going to open up the book and the, and the record is going to be read of what you did and what you did not do, both good and bad. The lamb of God is going to judge you. Every one of us, according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give account of our deeds, whether they were good or evil. There 
for the people of God? What's he going to say to you? What's he going to say to you? Not me. It's your life we're talking about today. What will he say to you when he looks in the book? Were you one of them that were doing your best? Or were you one of them that were just on the seat? Sitting back and letting somebody else do what God has called you to do. Let somebody else praise him. Let somebody else lift up their hands. Let somebody else say amen to the word of God. Let somebody else serve their neighbor. You're just waiting on the call to glory. You reckon God's going to be all right with that? We need a double portion from God today. But I want to say to you right now, I'm just going to throw this out there that most of you won't get it. I'm challenging. I realize that you don't like for me to talk like this. I know you don't because it's a challenge. Most of you ain't going to get the double portion. I'm fixing to tell you why. It's the same reason that Elisha got it and the rest of the sons of the prophets didn't. They didn't get it. They were... They were spectators to the event while Elisha was a participator. He was a part of the event. We need a double portion from God, but what's it going to take? How do you get a double portion from God? Well, let's look at the text this morning. It's the best thing I know to do to help you this morning to look at the Word of God. What did the Word of God say? When it came right down to it, when it came down to that moment in your life, in Elisha's life, where he had to decide, am I going to commit to God 100%? Am I going to sell out? And am I going to do what he's called me to do with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my strength? Am I going to stand and go for God? Elisha said, I'm going. I'm going for it. I don't care what they say to me. I don't care how they try to discourage me. I don't care how they try to uh, tell me that I don't need to waste my time. I'm still going to go for the goal. I'm going for it. How do we get the double portion? Do you want a double portion? Would you like a double portion? I believe you can have it. I don't believe God withholds the good stuff. But I also believe you don't just pass it out. I believe we got to invest to find the real deal. I believe we got to commit ourselves. We got to sell out to God. We got to give up on this world. We got to turn loose to the flesh. And we got to put Jesus Christ first and foremost in our lives. If you want a double portion, there's a price for it. Yeah, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But there's more, there's better. There's a life, friend. There is a joy to be had that you don't even have right now. Some of you are sitting right here right now. You're saved and you're going to heaven and you ain't even happy. You know what that is, Matt? That is sin. That is a wicked and a vile condition. 
that is not necessary or should be obliged in the heart of a born-again believer. We are saved. Glory to God that ought to make you happy. You know why you ain't happy? It's because you ain't doing what he's told you to do. You ain't, lived, you ain't going for it. You've sat down on God. Listen, we ain't spectators. If you're going to enjoy the double portion of God, you're going to have to be a participator. Number one, number one. The Bible said that Elijah told Elisha, he said, you stay here. He said, for I've got to go up to Bethel. I want to share with you today what those three things are that Elijah had to go to. Each one of them representative, I believe, of something in our lives that is necessary if we're to receive from God a double portion. I'm talking about something extra. I'm talking about experience. You remember them old saints of God that when the Holy Ghost would get to moving upon them, it'd get so great sometimes. They'd go to shouting. Some of them go to running up and down the aisles. You know what was happening to them. They had paid the price. They'd give it all. And God was giving them something extra. Why, there's plenty of people here today that don't want no more. They want no more of God. Oh, but I'm here to tell you the best is still out there. But you know, I ain't never received all he's got to give yet. I ain't seen it all yet. But I know it's out there. I know there are things that I've yet to experience. There are joys that I've yet to have. There are things in the word of God that I have yet to mind. But if I'll do my part, if I'll dig a little deeper, if I'll commit myself to the things of God, there is a double portion available for me. And I don't believe for any reason that he'll keep me from it. Number one, the Bible said Elijah told him, he said, I'm going to Bethel. You stay here. And the Bible said, oh, Elisha said, no, I ain't staying here. I'm going with you. You know what Bethel was? Bethel was the first place that Abraham would go to. When God called him out of the land of the Ur, the Chaldees, the Bible said when God gave Abraham a promise, Abraham directly went right up onto Mount Bethel there. And the Bible said that Abraham did something for the first time in the word of God. We find that an altar got built. And it got built on the top of Bethel. And Abraham made sacrifice unto God. You say, preacher, what was he doing that I need to do? He was praying unto God. He was communing with God. He was talking with God. Say, how in the world am I going to get this double portion? I'll tell you right now, if you ain't praying, you ain't in line. Huh? The Bible said you have not because you ask not. Some of us don't have double portion. We ain't even in line to get one because we don't pray. We let the preacher pray. We let that handful of saints that gather around up here pray while we look and fiddle with our fingers or flip through the book or look at our notes or something else. Let, let, me, let me be clear. If you ain't praying, you ain't in line for an extra portion. 
There's extra for you to have out there. You say, but I don't understand where you're coming from. Listen, I just want you to know that I have got to the point in my life that mediocrity is not good enough. I want whatever God has. I want to do whatever he wants me to do. I want to experience the greatness of an awesome God in my heart. I want to shout every time I come into the house of God. I want to rejoice every time a good hymn of God is sung. I want to pray fervently when I bow my knees. I want a double portion. But you're going to have to go to Bethel. You can't get this without going to Bethel. No, Abram went up on Bethel and he built him an altar and he communed unto God. He made sacrifice and he prayed unto God. You say, Bethel, I've heard that before. Yeah, the Bible said when Jacob had done his 14 years for them two wives, he left Laban, his father-in-law. And the Bible said when he got down there knowing he was fixing to meet his his bad brother, the Bible said that he sent them on. He broke them up and he sent them on. But he went to Bethel's top. Amen. Jacob had done realized. He said, I got my wife. I got my children. I'm seeing the promise of God every day come to my life. But old Jacob said, they got to be more than this. There's something I'm still missing. Yeah, I've got children. Yeah, I've got a bunch of children. I got 12 of them now. 12 boys. And he said, but there's more than this. And he climbed up to the top of Bethel. And the Bible said that night that he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. He wrestled with the Lord himself. And the Bible said about daybreak uh, the Lord said turn loose of me he said for the days coming and old Jacob said no I'll not turn loose of you until you bless me there's something else friend there's something else what you need this morning is the extra blessing of God you can't tell me that Jacob wasn't blessed beyond measure He had cows and goats and everything. He had everything a man could want on this earth. But you know what Jacob knew? There's something else out there and I want it. There's something else. But you know where he had to go to get it, Paul? He had to go and pray. He had to get to that place of prayer. To where it was just him and him. And when he got to that place, he started doing business on a different level. I don't know, but I suspect each one of us have wrestled with the Lord a time or two. But I hope in your wrestling with God, you didn't. Give up. Many do. It's too hard, they say. I'm not sure that the investment I'm making has a big enough return to keep making it. I'm trying my best to encourage you this morning to go for the best. You can do it or don't do it. I don't care what you do. I do care. But I want you to know what you do will not stop me because I've done seen 
a glimpse of some things. I've done seen that there is more that I can have. And I tell you, when it comes to the good of God, I'm a tad greedy. I'm a little wantonous when it comes to those things that he goes to pouring out that set my soul on fire. Well, I want them things. I want to be the man that God wants me to be. I want to get the double portion from God. But it'll take prayer. You can't just pull it right off the ground. You got to dig for the good stuff. Where you at this morning? Where you at this morning when it comes to digging deep for God? Some of you ain't even got your shovel out. Say, how you know, preacher? Because you don't pray. Last time you prayed was when something tragic happened. God set your field on fire, drove you to your knees. You prayed like there was no tomorrow. And yet as soon as it got better, you sit back down. Not Elisha. The sons of the prophets came to him. They said, hey, don't you know you wasting your time? All this you're doing for God, it don't matter. Elijah's still going to be taken from you and it's going to happen. Today, he said, I know it. He said, I know it. Don't need you to tell me it. I know it. By the way, hush up. I don't need your foul advice. I want you to know we've been given a direction, a mandate from God. The apostle Paul said for you and I, friend, that there is a prize, the mark of the high calling. It is out there. It is for you. It is meant for the children of God. Help us, Lord, to get on our knees and pray. For the double portion, number two. They were at Bethel. Elijah, he looked at Elisha. He said, you stay here. You stay here. He said, I got to go to Jericho. Elisha told him. "Uh," He said, no. He said, as the Lord liveth. He said, I will not leave here. I'm going wherever you go. I'm going with you. Elijah had to go to Jericho next. May I say to you today, Jericho represents to you and I the first battle that the children of God would win as they approached the promised land. As they began to take hold and possession of the promised land, Jericho represented that first fortress wall in which they would have to, number one, fight for, and number two, obey for. You cannot receive the double portion of God until you have committed to the fight that is in, that is on, and that is for you and I. We have been called to be soldiers of Christ and work and diligently fight for the cause of our captain. You and I have a work to do for God. Let me be clear. If you want the double portion of God, you will have to fight in this fight. You got to be a participator, not a spectator. You're going to have to be involved. You're going to have to take up your shield. You're going to have to take up your sword. You're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. And you're going to have to fight, as the Apostle Paul said, the good fight of faith. You want a double portion, you're going to have to fight some. Amen. 
he told them two tribes and half tribes that said, we satisfied over here. We don't want to go across Jordan. You just give us this land. I preached that not long ago. Just give us this land over here. God agreed to it. He said, but this, he said, if you fail to fight, you will lose your inheritance. You believe that there's rewards in heaven? According to the word of God, the Bible says there is. There are things to be gained or lost in heaven. Say, well, preacher, as long as I get there, that's good enough. You wait till you look in his eyes. You won't say that. You're wrong. No, you're bad wrong. You will not look into the eyes of your Redeemer and say, I'm just glad to get here. I didn't need you. I'm just riding along on this good bus. I'm going to get here. Oh, you did say to do a few things. Well, no, you won't be opening your mouth. You will shake in the shame and pity of our pitiful attempt to serve a God that gave himself and died and rose again. And you look him in the eye and say, I just thought half would be good enough for you. No, you won't say that. The preacher, I want a double portion. You have to fight then. You ain't going to sit as the 50 sons of the prophets watching from afar this thing that was taking place between Elijah and Elisha. They could have been a part of the event, but they chose to excuse themselves and just watch from a distance. Be good spectators. Be those that would give the terrible advice. Be those that didn't go for what was out there. We've got something better in God. But you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fight for it. How many of you right now don't raise your hand but answer the question in your heart? Answer it. How many of you would honestly say you're in the battle for God? How many would honestly say I'm doing my best? I'm doing my best preacher for the Lord. How many of you don't raise your hand? How many of you right now in your heart you're raising your hand saying preacher I'm doing my dead level best for Christ? I'm fighting the good fight every day. I'm trying my best. I'm doing the best I can. How many would say that? Listen to me. We need to be able to honestly say like the apostle Paul did, I have fought. Say it. What kind of fight? What kind of good you reckon that? You reckon he meant a fight that involved you doing something every day for God? I'd say he did. I'd say it wasn't just a fight. He said a good fight. Let me tell you something. When it comes to fighting in the army for God, there's probably soldiers and then there's probably good ones. Anybody agree with that? And what makes a good soldier? A good fight. Don't answer me. Are you a good fighter? Don't answer. Are you a good fighter for God? Are you a good fighter for God? Are you just a soldier? You laid up in the barracks, little R&R. And yet when you get into the soldier crowds, yep, yep, I want to go for God. I want to make it better for Christ. I want to serve him till I die. And then the trumpet's blown and they say, hey, where'd that person go? I believe they napping right now. 
to be a good soldier, let me tell you something. There were two things about Jericho that I noted. Number one is that it was a battle to be fought. But number two, it would have only been, it could only be won through strict obedience to the word. What did God tell him? I don't want to preach all that, but what did God tell him? He said, you march around it six times on the seventh time, you blow the trumpet, you march around it. And he said, I will drop the walls. Does anybody believe they could have marched around three and seen the power of God revealed? No, it took absolute strict obedience to the word of God to get the double portion. Number three, not only do we have to pray, we've got to fight the good fight of faith in strict obedience to his word. But Elijah told Elisha, he said, stay here. He said, I got to go to Jordan. I've got to go to Jordan. Everybody knows in the, in the, travel of the children of Israel through the wilderness that Jordan represented the crossing. Jordan represented that day when they would cross over into the land that God had promised. He said, Preacher, I, I want a double portion. Elijah told him, he said, Elisha, he said, stay here. He said, I'm, I've got to go to Jordan. And Elisha told him, he said, huh? He said, no, as the Lord liveth. He said, wherever you go, he said, I'm going. He said, I will not leave you. I'm not going to leave you. And at this particular part, what's recorded in the scripture that I read to you this morning said, and the two of them went on. They didn't say that in the other two. But on this one in particular, it says that the two of them went on. They went together to Jordan. Listen, I believe Jordan represents to you and I the faithfulness of our God. It was the very crossing. The promised land was just on the other side. It was like for you and I the goal line. Right? If you're carrying the ball, you best be going the right direction. Playing basketball one time, and I seen a fella on my own team get the rebound, run to the other end, score for him. I watched that. And the whole while he running down there, people say, hey, hey, you're going the wrong way. It's easy layups. Everybody else is saying, where are you going? All by himself. Where are you going? Wait, wait, wait. The goal line is this way. Where are you headed? It looked to me like you're going Toward the world. Not toward the prize. Do you know where you're headed? We're going to Jordan. We're going to the crossing. We're going to the finish line. You know what you have to do? You can go 99 yards. But if you stop on that last yard, you don't get points. You see where I'm going? You say, preacher, what's it going to take for a double portion? Faithfulness. It's going to take faithfulness for you and I, the people of God, to go the distance for God, to stay the course, to not give up, to stay on the ship, whatever you want to say. Brother, you better be faithful to God. 
Because when it comes to getting the best that God has, your second best won't work. Quitting halfway on the journey won't get it. You've got to go all the way for God. Double portion? Yep. A double portion. Elijah said, stay here. He said, huh? I'm not staying here. I'm not going to leave you. Because I know, I know that by praying, amen, by fighting the good fight obediently and by staying the course and being faithful to God, I will get to the place in my Christian life that I can ask God for the best he can give me with an expectation that I can have it. Where's your faith this morning? I get it. Some of you don't even want it. right? I get that. But I just want you to know that there's some good out there that you can have. But you ain't going to have it if you don't pray, if you don't get in this fight and do what you're supposed... Listen, soldiers are supposed to fight. Get obedient unto God and be faithful. What is required of stewards is to be faithful. He didn't say you got to be smart. He didn't say you got to be the most talented. He didn't say you got to be the most energetic. He didn't. He said you've got to be consistent, faithful. And they crossed over Jordan. Come and get a song. They crossed over Jordan. Sons of the prophets sitting up on the hill watching. Well, Elijah turned around. Who was there? Elisha never gave up. Elisha never stopped trying. But I want you to see something. This became pretty clear as I was reading the text again this morning. Elisha never got the opportunity to even ask until he had done the work. When they crossed into Bethel, he didn't say, all right, what do you need from me? Because just praying ain't enough. They crossed into Jericho, Elijah never looked at him and said, what do you need from me? Never act because just fighting a good fight, obedient ain't enough. But when he crossed into Jordan, Elisha had been faithful to do the work. And Elijah looked at him and said, now, what is it that you would have me to do. And Elisha with confidence 
was able to look into the eyes of his mentor and say, I want, I want a double portion of what God has given you. Are you at that stage in your life, that place to where the Holy Spirit can then touch your heart and say, Dustin, what can I now do for you? He'd done so much already. I get that part. But what he's saying is, is there's, a, there's, a, there's another portion and there's coming a day, if it ain't already, that he's going to say, now what can I do for you? And we'll be able to say, I want a double portion. Elijah looked at him and he said, you've asked a hard thing. You've asked a hard thing. He said, but. He said, if you're still here. That makes it conditional, don't it? That, that makes it matter what I do. If you're still here, when I leave, it shall be done. And sure enough, next thing you know, here come chariots of fire and a chariot and horses of fire. Now here they come out of the whirlwind sweeping down. And they catch up Elijah alive. And up he goes into the heaven. Then 50 sons of prophets over there, big eyed. Wow. But here's Elijah. He know. He said, I'm still here. He's watching him. He's watching. He mean, you ever tried to, you ever been an outfielder and tried to catch one of them things? Well, you watch. And directly he seen her fall. And down from that chair came that, that mantle. So the mantle of God had come, come falling down from the sky. And oh, Elijah, he, Elijah, he grabbed that thing. He didn't waste no time either. He grabbed that thing. He walked right back over to Jordan. He took that thing and he tested her out, smacked the waters, and they parted. And he walked across on dry ground. You can study it for yourself. But if you look just at the text, what you will find is that Elisha achieved double what Elijah did. You ever seen that? Look at the miracles that are recorded in your Bible. Elisha did two times more than Elijah. What are you doing? I hear you go challenging me again. What are you doing? What am I doing? What am I investing? Am I praying? Am I fighting? Am I obedient unto to this God that has established the rules of engagement? Am I faithful? Am I faithful? Can I be counted on? Would you stand as we sing? I want you to check your heart this morning. And if you're not ready, if you're not right now where you need to be, listen, we need to do business with God on this altar this morning. We need to be honest enough to do business with God and say, Lord, I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'd sure like to get on this grand old highway, that song said this morning.
I want to get in this grand old highway and I want to walk it for you. Where you at this morning? Where you at? Is your heart right with God? Are you cold and indifferent toward God? Are you backslid this morning? If you, knew, if you are, you know it. I'm just going to ask you to come. Let's get things fixed up with God and let's get on this path where the double portion can be had. Stand with us if you can as we sing.